Welcome, everyone, to another week with your two hosts, Mordechai Weimar, LCSW, and Harav Nissen. It is a pleasure and an honor and a schuss to be on with you another week. With Siata Deshmaya, we'll be able to create the awareness for the mental health. And Baruch Hashem, lately, Harav Nissen, I've been getting tremendous messages from so many different places where people are sharing that they've gone to therapy, they've gone to help, family members have gone to help. So, Baruch Hashem, it's really a schuss to be able to do our little part of creating awareness. And as so many people have lately been telling you, probably over the last six months, it's not just awareness, it's starting to feel that there's, they could get better, there's hope. So it's more than the awareness. We'll still call it awareness, but Baruch Hashem, it's nice to hear that it's more than that. The number to call up that we would like, please call up, we'd like to get your live questions, is 718-683-5858, 718 683-5858. Go ahead, pick up your call, pick up your phone, and dial now. We have over here Ms. S. from... Okay, you're on the with Mordechai and Harav Nissen again. Others, please call 718-683-5858. Okay. Hi. Yes, hi. Hi, uh, yes, that's Alexa. Thank you for your wonderful hotline. I really enjoy it. You're and welcome. My question is like this. Sorry, I can't hear you. You're welcome. Oh, my pleasure. Okay, so my question is like this. Um, what can be the cause of being dependent on people? Go ahead. How about you share it? It's such a huge, such a huge masachta that there are books written about this. So instead of shifting the question to me, I'm pretty good at it, shifting it back to people. So your question is, why would someone be dependent on people? Why aren't they happy within themselves? Why aren't they just happy with their own stuff or whatever they do and feel it's enough? That's exactly my question. I can't understand. Go ahead. Why take I'm a guess. Happy. Take a guess. Come on. I find our listeners extremely intelligent, especially if you're calling up. It means there's a specific reason why you're asking. Take a guess. Um, I feel I don't have enough for myself. Yeah. Now, why don't doesn't someone have enough for themselves? That's what I'm wondering. Take a guess. Go ahead. Take some guesses. I can give a whole lecture about this. I don't want to. My goal is not me lecturing. The goal is for you to create an awareness. Take a guess. Yeah. Why does someone not feel full within themselves? There are several um, they, reasons. There isn't just one of them. They feel they can do more. Yeah, so number one, perfectionism means that if you're always thinking, I could have done more, I should have done more, what does it say about where I am now? I don't think it's that. Okay, so you're not a perfectionist. Okay. No. Which other things would it... I can't Go ahead, take another guess. You're good. You can do it. I believe in you. Um... Let's understand it. I feel like I get, person, I, huh? I have more when, when I, I'm dependent on people. I have more from them. I earn from them more than I can Excellent. have from myself. So one of, the state, one of the reasons are where sometimes people like asking a lot of questions is because of this way they get attention. So attention is instead of saying, hi, let's say if someone is happy with themselves and they want to get connected to someone else, how do you connect? What do you say? Maybe they won't like me. But if you go over to someone and you say, 
I have this problem. Could you help me? And then they help you out. And then they ask you how's the follow-up questions, how's it going? Do you notice how much attention we get from having problems and difficulties? Yeah, I hear you, but that's not the case because I don't really understand. Excellent. Good. So you've given two reasons that it could be, and both of them are not you. So let's go shift it right back to you. So give me a third guess what you think might be the reason why you need others. You're not happy with just being with yourself at times. I think I am happy with myself, but I just enjoy being with the company that I'm with. And then I can become dependent. It's not that I don't think I'm not happy with myself. Well, let's take that step back. Who said you're dependent then? Because I feel I'm dependent. I really do feel that way. Tell me, how do you feel that way? Explain to me what dependent means to you. I feel I'm... And I have to say it. Um, I really enjoy being with, with her, for example. Is it one person or is it many people? That's what us are thinking. Why would I specifically, um, not to everyone, just certain people be more dependent than to others? Good. So go ahead. Tell me, why do you think you are? Why do you think you're dependent to this one person more than anyone else? Um, I like things about them. Good. What do you like about them? But even that case, I have so many people that I like things about them, and I don't become dependent on them. Excellent. So t- I'll shift it right back to you. There are so many people that you like. By the way, this is more a psychoanalytic approach where we shift it right back to you. So every time you give an answer, but you say, but it's not that, good. So we're continuing through all the thought patterns till we get to more of the process. So notice what we're doing. So it can't yeah, be because you like them because there are so many other people that you like. And yet you're not dependent yeah. to them. So let me shift it right back to you. So what's so special about this person that you are dependent to them? I'm trying to think. If I'm trying to get it out, what it is. And I just can't get it out. And that's what's confusing me. Continue. So in therapy, let's say, let's say you'd be in therapy or with a therapist or someone that's experienced or a good machanach or machanachas. They would be able to continue spending with you the half hour, 45 minutes or the hour for you to finally realize what's happening. Yeah. You got to so give me what therapy is about. Exam- it's not we tell you, because if we tell you, chances are you're going to say no, 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 it's not that. You see what you're doing to yourself. So it takes time uh, for you to start thinking and trying different options until we say, ah, this is the reason. Okay, I get that. And then once I do have the reason, if I do this for myself, going through each option and seeing what I think the reason is, then what can I do to... Um, like, not to be dependent. Well, it all depends what the reason is. Oh. So let's say it would have been that you're a perfectionist, and the solution would have been perfectionist. Let's say the solution would have been, as you said, that there's a certain strength that this girl has. She's confident, or she's very idle, and you're not that way. Okay, so now you're telling yourself you want to develop the idle kite, or you want to develop more the confidence. It all depends what the issue is for us to be able to discover what the solution is. So oh, happens yeah. to be, happens to be that that is part of the power. If you ever hear we discuss a program or like a, te- sorry, a technique called journaling, and journaling is when you're writing and you're writing and you're writing and you're just allowing your mind to go and to think and to just flow, and then what you find is that many times you get to several reasons. One thing I will tell you, don't think that it's just one reason. It could be several reasons. 
okay. But yeah. you got to first allow yourself to go through the process. So first what you did is you went through a process. Maybe it's this. No, it's not. Maybe it's that. No, it's not. But you haven't gotten to yet what it is. Oh, here's one thing. Don't stop when you get the first one. What else could it be? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Got it? Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Anything else you want to ask? No, that's it. I'd really love to get back to you about what I think it is, and then I really want to hear how I can, like, stop being dependent. That will be excellent. That will be excellent. Excellent, Okay. Barbara. Thank you for calling you up, so up so late to ask your question. I greatly appreciate it. My pleasure. Great. And just having this program, this little back and forth with you, has given many people the awareness how therapy's got to come from you. And as you go yeah. through the thought process, the yes and no, we create a safe environment for you to think maybe it's this. No, it's not. Maybe it's that. It's not that we yeah. tell you what to do. It's that you do it within yourself and you discover how the process is. Okay. Um, we've got Thank several you so much. Question- what? Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Okay. We've got some several messages that Rav Nissen has sent me. I'm just going to read one that's not a question because we've got another caller on the line. But it's thank me for the Thanks for your book, Alive, A 10-Step Guide to a Vibrant Life. It's a real nice book. Thank you. I'm honored. Now, Rav Nissen, who is the next caller that we have? Uh, we have uh, Mrs. P from last week. That's all. Okay. Excellent. Sir. Would you be able to be along with me with Mrs. P? Because it's a question that I felt that it was a great question, but it's got a lot to it. So I think okay. we can do it together. I'll try. Excellent. So again, for those that would like to call in, the number is 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. I'm looking forward to taking your questions or your comments. So Mrs. P, you're on with Mordechai and Herav Nissen. Um, hello? Yes, Hello. Oh, I called last week um, about a problem, a problem that I have with my mother. Yep. That um, she has her problems, you know, I think um, psychological. You know, when I was younger, she took medicine and she started to go off of it and made her tired and she never went back on it again. You know, yeah. I noticed some strange things. I had um, verbal abuse. How am I supposed to act towards her? Well, I'm not sure what that question is. You see, you've just asked like a fully loaded question without like, without much of what's going on. So let me clarify what the question is, what, like, what my issue is, and then maybe us together with me and together with Rav Nissen, we can help you guide. If you're asking on the halacha level, and I need to inform you that there's a halacha level of kibbutz aim, that you need to speak to any Rav that's knowledgeable, and they will tell you what's the guidelines if a parent has a mental disorder, where what you are allowed to say and what you're not allowed to say means sometimes interacting with them and then bad-mouthing them and talking bad about them is actually creating lush and horror that sometimes interacting less with them but not talking to them is more halakhically permissible. Sometimes it's the other way around. Sometimes by helping them out, if there's no one there to help them, even though you might talk bad or even though you'll be overwhelmed, it's the greatest mitzvah out there because no one else would be around her or take care of her. So it's all depending. First, we've got to recognize the halacha. We're from Yidin. We need to take care of the halacha aspect because when you're dealing with a parent that has a mental disorder, there are halachas, a kibbutz aim that need to be addressed. And if I don't feel so close to her? We're not talking about your guilt feelings of not being close. We're talking about how you interact with her. 
means if you speak to her and she starts yelling, you go, Mommy, you're crazy, you're a sick person, da 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 because she's got some mental disorder, you might be even a lot of 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 Averis. While it might be more respectful if you can pay someone to take care of her rather than you calling. And then it gets to the Shiloh, are you allowed to pay, get her paying for it? Do you have to pay for, for your money? How much should you pay? These are all halachas. The Rambam already brought it down. The Hilchas Kibbutz aim that if you have a difficulty taking care of a parent, but you can have someone else take care of them, and how you're there. And then the question is going into it. This is these questions did not start in 2016. The Gemara has has them. The Rambam, the Pesukim, the Rishonim have already these subjects, these questions. If you have a parent that's taking, that's unfortunately very difficult, what are the Gedarim? What should you do? Now, if you can give me a more detailed <laughs> question know. about your mother giving you a hard time, it's when. It's do you want it? Like a Jewing who takes what? care of her. Sorry, please say that again. Like, let's say, like, I'm uh, making a bar mitzvah, or, or my sister's making a wedding. Who, who takes care of her? How do we take care of her? Well, let me tell you an interesting halacha, again, I'm going to have you speak to your rub. Everyone's got to get it from their rub. But there was a question where someone was making a bar mitzvah, and their mother told them, you're not allowed to invite your sister, means one of the mother's daughters, because they were in a fight with them. They asked the rub, and the rub said, actually, it's completely forgiven forbidden. It's also in the Torah to not invite your sister. It means you must invite your sister because it's going to the various halachas where the mother is not allowed to make a machlekes and rechilis in the family. It's un- you need a rav. I'm trying to explain is there are so many questions that a rav needs to be asked. I don't want to tell you what the halachas are because I can't. I'm not, I'm not a paisik and I don't know every little detail. Mordechai. Yes. I got the feeling that it's not the issue here and I think that the issue is like uh the lady is talking about herself, how she, you know, uh, how she solved the, the, the issue with herself. I don't, uh, I don't think that uh, that's what I get in feeling. You know, it's Excellent. much, much. So then let me, I misunderstood your question then. It's, it's I thought you asked me exactly what should you do with your mother when this and this gets involved? Or is the question in general, if your family is making a bar mitzvah, who should bring your mother? What is your question? How do I act towards her? Can you, you know, like sometimes example, people tell me example, I should call like, her five times a day. Tells me what? Give me a live scenario. I'm just not getting your question. It's you know, sometimes somebody would, could t- would tell me that I have to call my mother five times a day for keep it of her aim. But I just can't. Okay. And first of all, when you call, let's say it's five times a day, how long do you think those conversations have to be? She'll get hysterical. You call her and say, why will she get hysterical? Why are you calling so often? Okay. So, what? Let's let's go backwards. Let's try Harvinson's way. I'd like. I, 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 really I, I want, like I want to ask like why. Why you listen to the people? I don't understand. The, what, right. if, if you if you play, you know, now you you take advices from people around you, and you don't feel. I think that you have right now what I got. I got my my feeling that you carry a, a very heavy load upon yourself. You know, it's it's you you hear it from your voice that something very very of it's guilt and it's 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 and somehow even blaming uh, uh, the 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 mother and everything. You 
you have to to solve this in between yourself what what is your what kind of relationship you want with with all the respect with all this uh you know kibbutz of mem but first oh, of I all, always wanted a normal relationship what I always wanted a normal relationship but I never saw it so okay so you know that right now your your mom is 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 as as a problem so you yeah. uh, she has a problem uh, it's it's known and you you have to accept it that now you have to live with this and to learn how to uh, how to 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 work with this and trying to do you know if if people tell you to call five times a day said no my mother can take accept a phone call once a week I get that's what I get I, I can say hello mom how are you what are you doing and continue if you know sometimes people that as this kind of behave or yeah but they, say, they think that I'm the worst person it doesn't matter that's that's exactly what you blame yourself now you put yourself a guilt I uh, conscious that you were no I'm sorry you you don't you have a situation that you have to live with this and live with yourself don't live with a blame uh, that they're feeling guilty and you worse no I'm sorry to tell you you have a situation this is the situation people can tell you whatever they want that now tell you know tell the people replace me here this is your situation replace me what you doing and so I let's think take what our listen is saying and take it now shift it more to you what's your issue why are you not trusting yourself how much you feel you can first do for your mother what do you mean what do you think who first how much time do you want to speak to your mother a week before we go to what your mother wants how much how much time do you want is it I, I usually wait till she hangs up. once a week yeah I gave three options and I got a yes once a week I usually call her Great. So now what's wrong with once a week? I want to understand. Rav Nissen gave me a great point. Like he's saying, now let's shift it back to you. What do you want? So what's wrong if you speak to her once a week? Now what's the issue? I was told it's not enough. Call her five Who? times a day. Who? Your mother, mother or a friend? A friend. Ah, now let me shift it right back to you. Why are you listening to this friend? Why are you taking it so personal what this friend said? I guess because I'm close to her. Okay. Now, do you have the ability to say I could be close to someone, they could be right in nine times, but nine out of ten they're right and one time they're not? If you're close you to your friend... You have that skill to say I could have a great friend, she's great in so many different areas, but in this area about my mother, to speak to her five times a day, she's wrong. Do you have that skill... That means I have to learn how to say I can't? No, no. Notice what you just did. Arvindison, can you help out what just happened here? I, I think that, uh, first of all, if if he, if he's a good friend, if, if she's good friends and you try, you know, that you have to, she has also to understand that you have your own personal life, your personal issue with your mom, and it don't don't push yourself to to the situation that your friend di- uh, di- dictate your life. It's not you giving you giving you from your mother you give to your friend the control to 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 run your life and then you feel you, you feel nothing you have to stand on you on your way and believe that you know sometimes friends also mistaken me some sometimes of your friends as a good relationship with a mom and she is calling 10 times a day 
and it's not enough for her. So uh, are you 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 help your your friend to talk with with her mom? It's, no. it's a, the weather of Nisna say. Could you repeat what he just said? Um, that I have to do what's good for me. Mm-hmm. What I'm comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm comfortable with calling her once a week, I shouldn't listen to the other person that's telling me to call her five times a day. Mm-hmm. That's right. And what will give you the inner strength to trust yourself? I don't know. I don't have a lot of trust in myself. That's it. And that is many times one of the issues when there are children of parents that have a psychological disorder, they weren't taught how to trust themselves. You know, like my self-confidence is also down the drain. That's right. That's right. Yep. I want to thank you for that. Very good. And the number to call up, by the way, for anyone that would like to ask, is 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. So now, what do you think you can do to pick up your confidence, to build your confidence? I don't know. Think about it. Come on. I should try to do what's good for me? Yeah. What I'm comfortable with, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And start saying confidence. I'm a big believer in the first steps of building a confidence is saying 25 positives every single day. It could be the same 25 positives, but say it over and over and over. I just tried. I just recently. One of my friends. Oh, my. I didn't days, even know if I have 25 positives. Good. Do you have five? You see? I don't know. Let's hope you get five, just from your conversation. I think we could help her find five. Yes. Number one, you're confident to pick up the phone and to call. Okay? Yeah. Number two, you presented a very clear question. It means after discussing it with you, we understand what the issue is. The issue is that a friend tells you you should be doing certain things a certain amount of time. You feel differently. Instead of just listening to her, you're actually calling advice because it doesn't, doesn't sit well with you. So, number one, you're confident to pick up the call. Number two, I should say, you called up last week. It was at the end of the program. We had two minutes left, and we asked you to call back this week. So you're able to not feel rejected or say, oh, Mordechai doesn't want to speak to me or he'll never speak to me. No, you called on time, and we're giving you the time. So you're consistent. You did not think of that you're being rejected. You're able to be aware that the issue is at the confidence level that you're able to tell this friend it's okay if you have your thoughts, but I want to have mine, and you're now asking how to build confidence. You're able to listen to suggestions and to advice, and you're willing to learn. These are six or seven positives that I've just mentioned. And you have a friend also. It's very positive. That's right, and you, you and have a friend. You, you're, and lo- you're, you're loyal to your friend. This is yeah, really as a girl, I had no friends. What? That's right. As a girl, I didn't as have a any girl, friends. As a girl, she had no friends. That's okay. right. You taught yourself how to have friends. Okay. So you write these down, and what I would suggest you do is you call up your friend and you sit with her and say, let's think of 10 positives that I have. So it could be I can also cook. I can organize my house. I can give my kids love. Oh, that I'm good at. From... What? Oh, I'm very good at organizing. I'm very good at organizing, exactly. 
Yeah. That's right. So many of these skills is what you have, and that is what you want to heighten. That is what you want to work on. Okay, so first start with 10 positives, and you say it two or three times a day. I'd like to thank you for calling up and appreciate it. We're going to go to a... Okay, thank you. You're very welcome. Very good. Okay, so so who are we going to, Rav Okay, let's go to the boy with uh, permission from the parents. Okay, Mr. so we have a boy on with the permission of the parents. You're on with Mordechai. And Harav Nissen. Hi, I have a, I have a, like, it's a question, but it's not a social question. Um, I, I, I have a habit of clicking pens, and my teacher, he goes, he gets really, really mad if I click a pen. Yep. So, if, so I can't stop do it, but I get in trouble if I do it. Right. And I, I, I can't not click my pens, but I, I do it, but I do it anyways. Then I get in trouble for my teacher. Right, listen. What do you say to this question? Mordechai, uh, I wasn't. Uh, I, didn't, I see uh, you just sent me so many messages that's going on yes. over here. Okay, so his question is a great question. I have some ideas. But I want to hear your ideas, Rav Nissen. So his question is, he is a wonderful boy, that he clicks the pen, you know, like up and out, uh, in and out. And when he clicks the pen, the teacher gets upset and gets him in trouble. But he can't not click his pen. So what should he do? <laughs> I would say let's replace the pen. That's number one. Oh, that's a good idea, by the way. Make <laughs> a pen say, that doesn't have a click. Now, you know, a pen without a click and... Uh, uh, try to work with pencil with you know with a eraser or maybe maybe even some kind of uh, a ball you know that you can just you know they have certain balls that you just click it you know some people has to do this something with the fingers and it could be driving other people crazy especially a teacher that trying to be concentrate and you think I'm not calling you. yeah yeah okay but can I also give you an idea let me ask you when you're in class. Is it yeah. the pressure when you're there? Like, why do you have yeah. to click it all the time? Are you used to it, or are you nervous something? Are you afraid? What's the reason? Um, I'm, I'm, like, nervous. You're nervous. Do you find it just the middle of class, or even when you're home, that you always have to need to do something? Um, whatever class. Is it just by the English class or in the, or in the Hebrew class? Is it earlier? Is it at one of them? Is it at all of them? Is it the whole day? When is it? The whole day. The whole day. And when you get home, you're just calm and you're easy? Yeah. Okay. That's a good thing, by the way. Now, if I would ask you, what are you nervous about in class? What's tense? Is it maybe the class? The hard work. Do you have a lot of work in school that you need to take do? Yeah. So you get a little overwhelmed, like when there's a lot of schoolwork to do, that that gets very hard on you. Is that it? Yeah. And you think like you got to get it perfect and you got to get it excellent? Yeah. Now, what would happen if you would have the teacher and the rebbeim tell you it's okay, you don't have to do excellent. You don't have to do perfect. just got to do your best. How would you feel then? Better. I wouldn't click my pen then. Then you wouldn't click your pens, right? Yeah. Well, 
So I wonder if your parents can come with you or have the teacher once, like on a Friday or sometime, and you'll sit together with your parents and the teacher and the Rebbe, and they'll just tell you, like, relax, it's no big deal. It's okay. Listen, you forget something, you have that night to hazer over to, to learn, review the Gemara, whatever you're learning. And if it's in English, that's why there's homework, you'll review the English. You don't have to do it so well. How do you feel about that? Uh, good. Exactly. So since your parents gave permission, I'm sure your parents are listening. Right. Yeah? Right. Yeah. So what I'd like your parents to realize is, and for you to realize is, that it's very normal and very healthy what you're doing. And therefore, any kid that's a smart kid would automatically want to do better, feel a pressure that they have to do well, and therefore there's a pressure, of, especially I call it, it's like my term, called like an old soul, like an old neshama. Like sometimes you see kids that they're young, but they're not young, they're so wise. Like they're aware of so many things. And what's happening is it's like they're a wise mind, like a 40-year-old mind in a, ten, in a 10, 11, 12, or sometimes 8-year-old body. So what you just need to be taught is, again, how to be a young kid. And that is you're allowed to make mistakes. You're supposed to make mistakes. Relax. You can forget the information. It's not such a problem. Does that make sense? A little bit. Yeah. And Mordechai. Yes, sure. We, we have to remember this is only the beginning of the year. You, you change a new, a new school or a new class? Could be that also it's uh, accelerated. Right, So that's a great question. I didn't even ask you. How were you last year? Were you also doing it last year or is it just this year? Um, this year. That's right. So listen to what Arvnissa said. It's a new class, a new teachers. A new teachers. Is it also different boys? Uh, one different boy. Okay. But is it because you have now new teachers and new rebellion? I don't know. Could it be from that? Like, what would you say is the difference of last year to this year, that last year you weren't click clicking the pens and this year you are? Because last year, the work wasn't so hard, and I had one teacher, now I have two teachers, and the work is harder. Now, so when it gets harder and harder, what? when it gets harder and harder, you have a bigger pressure to do it. Right. Right. Really. So now what's happening is, you got to be, be more perfectionist. And what would happen again if you can allow yourself to go the other way? It's a new year. You don't have to be a perfectionist. It's okay. Okay. What happens? What would okay. happen if you would be at ease, if you would be able to let go and just say, it's going to happen eventually? Okay. What would happen? You don't have to do well. It's a new Rebbe. There are now new teachers, more information. You don't have to get it all right. It can be one step at a time. Right, but I have. I had a test today, and I'm having two tests tomorrow. Yeah. Now you got to learn how to take tests. Now what do I mean learn how to take tests? means that you shouldn't have the pressure of tests. Okay. How do you think you can learn... How do you think you can learn not to worry about tests, Mr. Shem? The older you get, you can have more tests each week. You know that high school girls have like 18 teachers, 18 is a lot, but at least 10 to 15 teachers, and each of them give them tests? 
Besides the Chumash in Hebrew and everything else that they have? Yeah. How do you think they're calm? Because they're not worried about every test. Because they know it. No, no one knows it. If you're in class, it means you're learning new information. I do you think they teach you in, in the fifth grade or they taught you in first grade? No. No, because every year they're meant to teach you new information. So if you're in class, you're learning new information. And what they learn to do is they learn how to relax and not to be worried about the test. The test isn't that important. Your parents will love you if you don't get 100, if you don't get an 80, as long as you're doing your best, as long as you're happy. It's a whole well-rounded person that we want. How would you feel if your parents tell you, don't get it so perfect? We'll practice with you at night. We'll speak to it. We'll review it. Don't have to get it all excellent. Better. What, what would you say? I, I, th I think that uh, it's here that's, uh, that the, also the part of the parents coming and help uh, this boy to, to get. I think that uh, he's very smart and he's, he's capable to, to do er very well. That the pressure, you know, new year, new school, new rabbis, uh, uh, more pressure from the, you know, from the compressor that calls school or yeshiva. Everybody is trying to push as much as possible. I, I would say just try to take it easy, and I know that it's easy to talk about it, but, uh, you know, look at the, at, the, at the bright, and I'm sure that you understand very well the material and everything. And, you know, in the beginning, maybe you take some, some ball in your hand, and even this release the pressure, and instead the, the, the click, click of the, the pen. And let the parents talk with the, with the teacher, the rabbis, to release a little bit the pressure, and I we call the all the rabbis and all the teachers. You know, beginning of the year, let the boys, let the girls just adjust themselves. Don't come as a as a pressure from the beginning. This is calling to the to uh, our our educator. I think so. Yeah. Now, let me share with you something interesting. There are different families, so you might laugh, but my kids sometimes tease me, because by my parents, it was interesting, but my grandparents are Holocaust survivors, and if the kids really didn't want to go to school, then my grandmother would say, remember, they never went through some hard times, you know, going through World War II, my grandmother was in Auschwitz, so if the kids didn't want to go to school, she'd say, don't go to school, just smile and be happy, what are you so worried about school? So to me, if there was a hard test at different times, sometimes I'd be able, to, my mother would say, big deal, so don't go. My kids tell me it's not fair. You make us go to school when Bobby was always uh, was always easy if you didn't want to go. How would you feel if you were raised in a house that it's not such a big deal to get the good marks and you have to do excellent? It's meant to enjoy and to grow and to get information that will help you for the rest of your life. If it's going to hold you back, we even had one cousin that almost never went to school because it was one of my grandmother's sisters. And what do you mean? The kids cry going to school? Why should a kid cry going to school? They're Holocaust survivors, and all they were interested is that the kids should be stable and happy. Now, I'm not saying that's the right way all the time. That's why we send my kids to school. <laughs> However, there wasn't that pressure or stress about school. There isn't that overwhelming, you must get 100. How would you feel then? Good. 
That's right. So imagine, you know, school is meant to have a good time. They're there to teach you. Do you realize that your parents are paying tuition for that? That means your parents are paying for you to get information, not for you to get stressed, not for you to be worried, not for you to say, hey, they, if I don't get a good mark, I'm not going to have friends. They're paying money for you to learn Tyra, for you to learn how to daven, for you to learn how to be a great Yid, for you to be able to connect to Hashem, for you to be able to do chesed, for you to be able to help another Yid when they have, a, when they have something, for you to be a light. wants us to be a nation of, of Kayanim, special people. That's our job. It doesn't say anywhere. You've got to get 100 on the test. It doesn't. Now we've got to do our best. So how would you feel if you go to school saying, hey, my parents are paying for this for me to be relaxed, for me to enjoy? How would you feel then? Relaxed. Excellent. And I want you to realize part of life is working hard. Working hard isn't stressed. Working hard means you're doing your best. It means when you go to fifth grade, you're going to learn new information. It's going to be hard. The whole point of a test is to see, did you listen and did you study? If you get a good mark, means in the 80s, means you listened well and you studied well and you did good. You did 90s, means you focused a little harder or you're able to put more effort or you understand how to take the test, and that's good. If you get a 60 or a 50, it means you weren't listening that well or you did listen well, but you didn't review the night before or two nights before, so the information isn't that long in your memory. And that's the point of a test. That's the point information not about getting the hundred the hundred is an indicator how you're doing I, I found i found that many times we're looking at the school as a punishment and not as, as a benefit you know that's right that's uh, what i'm saying exactly what i'm is saying he said it's so clear school is meant for us to grow for us to learn that's why our parents pay for it Babysitting's a lot easier. They can have someone take care of a couple of kids your age and just play basketball all day. They're not. They're paying to have top teachers that will teach you that you'll grow. You'll all have a good time. But the point is to grow. Makes sense? So how would you look at it when you're walking into that class? My parents want, are paying all that money for me to be happy, for me to learn. Wow. Good. Relaxed. That's right. Now, would you have to push that pen all the whole time? No. No. And how would you feel if you get a test and you get a 75? Nervous. Say? Nervous. Yeah. And how would your parents feel if you get a 75? But they see how happy you are and, wow, look what you do know. You know, 7.5 amount percentage of the test. Actually, 75%. But you know, you got seven. That's a lot. Seven out of ten? You know, that's very nice. How would you feel then? Better. I agree. So the goal is enjoy the process. It's great. All right? Okay. Excellent. Thank you for calling up, and thank your parents for allowing you to call, for listening in. And my recommendation to your parents are to have this conversation with you and to tell you, relax. Don't worry. Someone sent us a message just with what you're saying. Um, This is how they're sending the text. 
There are many girls who stress out over every test, quiz, class. I had a full class of very intense girls who had to get hundreds on every single test. You've got to learn how to chill and take life easy. Exactly. Which means the way we take tests are the way we go through life. And in life, there are going to be bumps. There are going to be difficult times. There are going to be easier times. So you're going to learn when you can study more, when you'll study less, but you're not the mark. Okay, great job. One thing, can you? Can I give you five comp, comp, five compliments? Yeah. All right. Number one, do you know how brave you are? Do you see how brave you are? Yeah. Good. You're brave to call up. Next comp. Next compliment. You're able to clearly state again what your issue is. You're clicking the pen. Second one. You're able to identify right away what's the reason that you're clicking the pen. Because you're nervous. Why are you nervous? You're able to identify further because of the test. You have a pressure to get to get to get a good mark on the test, and you and now you're the next grade higher where you're learning more in Lamude Kaidish and you're learning more in Lamude Kol. You have the teachers, and each one's giving you more information. Right. Next, you're able to understand. The answer is you're able to realize, oh, will this change if I change the scenario? You're able to say yes. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. You're able to help create an awareness for so many other kids that are suffering, that are trying to be perfectionists during tests. And last but not least is that you're able to then feel relaxed just by imagining where you don't have to get 100. That's a separate talent that you can see positive. You can let go and say, wow, if it's this way, I'd feel better. Some people can't do that. Some people are, but i got to get the 100. How can I not get the 100? You said, oh, I don't mind. I want to do better. I want to be relaxed. I want to enjoy. I realize I have to, I have to gain information. Some people are still, no, but I have to get the 100. You're able to hear the information and integrate it and then right away feel relaxed. These are major positives that some adults that I work with Take sometimes 10 sessions of 45 minutes one-on-one just for them to get the concept and to let go. Some people are so stuck that if I don't get the 100, I'm worthless, or if I don't have the house spotless, or if I don't make certain amount of money, then I'm a worthless, that it takes them 10 to 15 sessions just to understand that you could be of worth, you can be of value, you can be relaxed even if you don't hit a certain number. Okay? Okay. Thank you. We're calling up. Harrison, who, yeah, who are we going to take yeah, next? We're going to a, a Mrs. Y. Okay. And we also have a Mr. S. Please yes. hold on the line as well because we want to take you. It's good having a man. So we're going to Mrs. Y. And for someone that would like to call, ask your question mm-hmm. or your comment, the number is 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. And I so just Mrs. want to y? remind you that you have to import a meeting, so you have to just little bit early today. Okay, so I guess I should tell everyone, I've got my son's um, orientation tonight, where we got to meet the Rebeim, and the whole, the principal gives us a huge uh, information how we should be able to, when it's in eighth grade, and they sort of sent a letter saying that you should treat it like it's the most important night of the year, so I want to get there a couple minutes early, so we'll try to finish, I think I can get there right, we'll finish right on time, but two minutes earlier. Okay, so Mrs. Y, you're on with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. Hi, good evening. Good evening. 
Um, so my question is more general. Um, why is it human nature to very much resist um, the slightest control? Sometimes even if someone says something to your benefit, if they push you to it, you won't um, just kind of resist it and not want to go for it. Let's shift it to you. Why do you think HaKadosh Baruch would create that, that every human being has got that? That if someone tells you something, you'd say, uh-uh. Why? Um, Take a guess. Okay, I was thinking about it. There's a certain, I, I guess the independence to every person is very important. That's right. Um, but is it just that? <laughs> yes. It's okay. not just that. The ability to be unique which is the secret of every single human being. The Rebbein gave me my kayach, you your kayach. Each of us are specially unique level. If we won't be able to identify and to say, but I think differently, we will never use that talent. So that's why it's ingrained in little two-year-olds. It's, it's in our system, in a one-year-old. I need, I have my needs, I have my wants. I, guess now, I think your question is a little bit deeper than that. Can you ask your question a little bit deeper? Um, Can I re-ask, re- re-ask the question I think you're asking? Yes. Why is it that if I have a child or someone that I know that they're making a bad behavior and I'm trying to teach them the right behavior, why are they still fighting me when I'm helping them? Um, it's that. Uh, maybe... Um... Mm. It was more I was thinking, like, even if I realize that it's for my benefit, it's, I'll resist it. <laughs> I, Good. So let's now, now you've asked something else. Why is it, now you're asking about a kid or an adult. Your question was originally a kid, wasn't it? Or I understood it as a kid. No, no. It's more, actually, it's more an adult. I was thinking well, more of an okay. adult. Okay, well, it's still the same level. We're allowed to have an instinct to resist it. But why would someone resist information? Now, I'm going to switch your question. Why would someone resist information they know that's good for them? That's Take what I'm guess. trying to figure out. We can't have silence on air. <laughs> it's not good having silence. Take I said that's what I'm trying to figure out. Ah, I'm not now sure. Now you got into a whole different masecha. Okay. So a whole different parsha. Which means the ability to want to reject is normal. Let's, 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 have, uh, let's work it out together. Uh, <laughs> let me just yeah. say, I know that is the time, but you know, you know, in, in the Sefer Shemot and Parashat B'Shalach, they have three sentences over there. This is the three sentences, basically 72 combination of letters, you know, that the, our sages said that the, this is the the in 70 different names of Akadosh Baruch Hu, you know? And I, you, you're familiar with this, right? Um, I will, no. Okay, Any, anyway, anyway, the, the question over the question of this, we see that Paro is running after uh, Bnei Israel in the, in the desert, and suddenly facing, he sees them, and he sees the cloud and the light of pillar, and what happened suddenly? The pillar that used to go in front of Bnei Israel just basically moved backwards and stay in between Paro and Am Israel, right? Yeah. If I, if I was Paro, I would say, wow, I'm running to, after 10, 10 Makot that I got over there in Egypt, I would run away, correct? 
Yeah, but of course. this is, in my opinion, this is the genetic code of the human behave, meaning that right now, Paro said, Kadosh Baruch Hu left them, and he's with me and in front of me. I am right now, ja, I am right now. This is, I, I think, I think this the code of, you know, many times we see people doing mistakes, and a terrible mistake. You know, now we see the politics and in America here about the election, and people do, talking nonsense, and people just, but, and they convinced that everything is right. This is the Kadosh Baruch Hu gave us the, the, the I would say the genetic code that we thinking, we look at the mirror and said, wow. And the girls with all the tattoo and all the piercing in the face, she said to herself, I'm gorgeous, I'm beautiful. Why? This is our, our, our the human race, I would say. And here, uh, fortunately, the, the Chachamim and the Torah is teaching us a little bit what is called the morality, the Musar, and judge ourselves in the objective mirror not in the, the self-contained mirror that we just born into it. Yeah. It's a, a little bit deep and short. <laughs> yeah, no, excellent. So what I would also add on is just a, a different way of looking at it that naturally, as Rav Nissen said, it's in our instinct to want to do our own. But at the same time, once we know when an adult has the adult brain, that's the point of having an adult brain, that when we see that we are supposed to let go, there's information that's great, and we should be able to use it, and we can't use it, now is when therapists start talking about the past. Or if there's any child, if there's any, if there's any traumas that are going on, because generally the adult brain isn't meant to say, wow, if this person wants my best, then let me listen then I want to be able to do it. But if but if the brain says, I know this is good for me, and I can't do it, now we need to start seeing what happened in the past. Were there people okay. that always gave you too much advice, and that's where the past comes in. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. So if someone's past, you couldn't trust the information that you had, you were hurt by that, you were controlled, then even if you know something is good for you, you'd rather not take it. And I that have makes that many a lot of times... Yeah, many times in my office, when I do the intakes to see if the person's ready for therapy, and sometimes when I say the person's not ready, they get insulted. Why aren't you working with me? It's not because I don't want to work with you. It's because you're not ready yet to listen. You might need other type work first, other types of therapy first. So again, the concept that we need to realize is that if we were very pained in our past, then certain natural traits, certain natural instincts that we're supposed to have got, got broken. And now there's a type of therapy that will teach you how to learn to accept, how to learn to trust. Many people are afraid to trust. And there are skills to teach you how to trust. Um, okay? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just going to say sometimes it's, it's so far that, let's say if you give someone advice, um, and when you push them, they won't take it. But like a day or two later, and they don't feel pushed anymore, they might do as you say. So That's right. So let's understand exactly what you're saying, that it's the way we do things that is important. It's not many times how, it's not what you're doing, it's how you do it. It means a parent can give advice. A boss can give advice. or Let's say a parent is supposed to give advice. A boss is supposed to give advice to the employees. That's healthy. It's the way you do it 
that makes it healthy or makes it not. If you've done it in a healthy way, it can be accepted. If you do it in a negative way, then it's not. And that's what we hear over and over from our Rabbanim, that when there are people that have difficulties, our Rav Nisan said, with Yiddishkeit, it's not that they have issues with Hashem. They have issues the way Hashem was presented to them. And those that are makar of them and bring them back, if they are getting a healthier understanding. Um, right, so, and I'm just going to add to that that even um, like sometimes you don't realize that you're being contro- um, you're being controlling because um, it's not negative words that you use. But even if you're just very much like please do it, <laughs> then that's also a type of control. Sure, tone and tone and body language are extremely important. A hundred percent. There are people that say, oh, don't you see that fake smile on that person's face? And I go, why are you calling it fake? There's a smile. They go, no, 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 no. You're not around that person long enough to know that it's really fake. So, yes, they need to have genuine. I will tell you, the, one of the most, not the one of, the most important first step in the therapy process they, they teach us, and everyone's going to say it's a waste of time, but that's why many times therapists need five or six sessions before we start therapy process. It's called because we need to create the therapeutic alliance. Therapeutic alliance means a therapeutic connection. It means before therapists can start questioning or start making changes, we need to understand that the client has to trust you, has to feel that it's safe going to you, has to feel safe that when you say something, you're not attacking them. And when people come from houses of unfortunately painful past, it takes them a lot longer to trust the therapist. Sometimes we have a question where if this is someone sent us a messenger earlier that he sent me that they've gone through trauma, they're going to therapy, and it's not getting better. And they're on medication, they want to get off it, but it's not getting better. And my response to that is, have you mentioned all the traumas? Are you trusting, every, are you trusting the therapist to discuss the embarrassing things that are going on? And that takes time. The therapist, it takes time to create that connection, that alliance. I know that you have to go, but for the simple, I think that also the, the side of the therapist, many times, I would say as a parent, as a sibling, that our, our, our sibling or our children don't accept from us what we're thinking, you know. This is a barrier of, you know, adults and all this other stuff, history. So the best way is to do even to the third party, you know. I used to do it many times with my kids. Didn't listen to me, you know, just I would, I would go to, a, to my friend and through him uh, give the message to, the, to, the, to my boy or to my girl. And sometimes yeah. it's, it's working. It's very, it's working. That's right. Which means sometimes us, the parents, get triggered. I was talking to a very good friend of mine yesterday. And he was telling me he started learning with his son. He learns with his son every year. And this year, it got a harder Gemara. And whatever he's saying, the son is saying, no, my Rebbe said it differently. <laughs> he says, I don't know what's going on. And it's very common when fathers learn with their sons or when mothers start learning with their daughters complicated stuff. The kids start getting very offensive or you're not doing it right. And that is a time when you can get a tutor to learn or someone else to learn a chavrusa because instead of helping the growth, you're now getting into a into a, a, a parental control or a child control, or who's control of it, that's not the point. We'll do homework. We can do other stuff together. But the deeper learning, let's not get into that parent-child struggles. That's where you let go where someone else, there's no challenge, no battle at all. 
Let's go to the last prisoner of this. And we've uh, got three, four minutes to go. Let's go to okay. Mrs. S. Mi- Mr. S. Mrs. S. Oh, Mr. S. Mr. Sorry. S. Mr. Yeah. S. Mr. Okay, S. he's waiting long time. Yes, okay. yeah. So let's go ahead. Mr. S., I want to do the time. Hi, thank you very much. I'm sorry. I'm a divorced dad, and um, my daughter, my children come to me. I'm remarried, Baruch Hashem, to a wonderful lady, and um, we have two children of our own. And my children come to me, you know, like pretty often, like Mondays, Wednesdays, and every other Shabbos. And when they're not there, my daughter recently, like she's been going for a difficult time. I'm not going to go into details. Maybe I hope she's not listening or anything. Um, but... Um, like recently she's been going through a hard time with certain things. It's maybe it's physical, maybe it's not physical. I don't want to go into the details too much. Sure. Uh, but um, she was she was by me for Shabbos, like uh, two Shabbatim ago on the Shabbat that she's supposed to be by me. And everything seemed fine. Like she was like, I don't know, she got upset about something. Like she has certain things that she doesn't eat and stuff, whatever, which I don't want to go into details about. And um, she was upset. Like I went into the room. To, she sleeps in the room with my daughter, my present daughter, for my present mm-hmm. wife. And there was frogs in the she said she threw up the last night, but sometimes she does whatever it is. I'm not going to go into details with everything. And it was throws in the floor. So I, I like she said it happened last night. So I was about to clean it up, and she said, "Don't clean it up." And I like I just said, "Okay." So then you clean it up after shops. So I figured it was like last night. I didn't want to say too much because it happens sometimes. But I really do care about her. And then like you know she. We went to sleep. Uh, we took our Shabbos afternoon nap, and then she just, like, disappeared um, the whole afternoon. I didn't know. Like, she went to her friend. I assume she went to her friend. I don't know. But she'll show that she didn't come home. And then she came home. Like, that morning, we were talking very nicely. Like, you know, in the morning, we have a whole a beautiful conversation. When we were younger, like, the first couple of years, we got to she's, like, a real daddy's girl. She said she just wants to live by me. She made, like, everything. And now, like... Uh, on Shabbos, at the end of Shabbos, um, she comes in, she's talking to me, she asks me where the kids are, and like she wasn't even, didn't even look angry at me, and then she just said, you don't understand me, you don't want to come to terms with me, and it's not true, I do love her, I don't always agree with what she's doing and what's happening with her and stuff like that, and I do, but I always take care of it, and I wanted to understand, there's two questions that I want to ask you, which is a two-fold question, is, is that if she does that, but she's ignoring all my phone calls, it's already two weeks, she hasn't come back to me for any times that she was supposed to come, she basically texts me once and she spoke to me once and she said from my conversation she understands that I don't understand her and I don't I won't take care of her and I won't uh, you know bring her to the merchants whatever it is that she wants to to me to do and therefore she can't come to my house and when I ever text her she's coming to me she says no I don't want to come no no I'm not coming to you so I don't even know if she's going to come to me my one question is how do I make her want to come to me if I'm not even she's not talking to me and she's not having and if she comes back how do I make it that like that she that she knows that I love her even if I don't Hundred percent agree with her, and that I'll always take care of her and take her wherever she, you know, like to the mer- whatever she wants at that point. Why she wants it, I'm not going to go into details to the emergency room or anything else that she wants me to do. I, that she should feel safe in my house. She's claiming that she doesn't feel safe. I spoke to the people that are taking care of her, like that are dealing with her with these things, and that's how she feels right now. But in my side, what am I supposed to do? Like how? I, like she's closing me off. That's one thing, and then. Even if we rebuild our, she comes back. Wh- how am I going to keep the rebuild a relationship that she knows that I love her? Even though, like you know, after what she these two weeks that she's disappeared in my life, you know, it seems like it's like sometimes it even feels like like it's the divorce is happening all over again by itself. What she's doing to not that she's doing it to me, but it's like like I'm reliving it again. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. 
So let's go ahead and take a very, very complicated question. And just yeah, it's a complicated question. That's why I was like, you saved me to last. I didn't know if you can have time for this answer, you know. And this stuff, is a know. lot, but I'm going to try to do it the short version. Short version is I've seen millions one. of therapists already because I've been, you know, from after my divorce, I've seen therapists and I sometimes see therapists now and I am seeing different people, but I just wanted to know, like, right, your take let's, on let's it. Let's everything. try to do this as quick as we can because I really have to go. Unless I ask you, unless you'd like to call next week first, then we can give you quite a lot of time because this is an extremely important topic about parent-teen relationships. It means on one hand, we have to give them their space. On the other hand, we cannot give in to their terroristic tasks. Which I should ignore all her tech, ignore no, no, her just like she's yes ignoring me? No, I need you to realize the question is not yes and no. It's right. an awareness base that then you'll begin to understand when yes, when no, and, and what might also need to be an intervention in the middle. But I just need you to realize step one. Step one is there is no yes and no answer to this. Now, let me ask you, do you have the ability to call up next week at the beginning of the program? I do have the ability, yeah. I, could, I called like 8.15, but I should call I'm like sorry, 8 or something. Linda, we will take you. Whenever you call, we'll put you on first. Okay, so just call next week. I'm sorry that you waited 45 minutes, but I feel right. the question is Maybe so hopefully important. by then it will be a little bit resolved, but then maybe she'll okay. come back or the something. The short answer that I would recommend anyhow then is if you can find a therapist for you and her to go to, this is called a family systems therapist. Not working out difficulties. It's just... Me, the we went to therapists together, but sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. Sometimes she got so angry at me by the therapist. I don't know, like, and stuff. And then the, then the therapist's job is then during the week to speak to her one-on-one. Why did you act on, a, on an in, why did your, why was your response inappropriate to the conversation? It means if the conversation was a question on a one to a five, one to a ten, it was on a calm level of three, why did you all of a sudden jump to an eight, nine, ten? Mm-hmm. So what's needed is, what's needed is that there's got to be sometimes, it's, see, I want to give you a lot of time, which means I need to explain that teenagers need to be given their space. At the same time, teenagers need to be put a little in their place. And right, I finished with all my boy teenagers. They're much easier. The girl teenagers are different, you know. And you know, it depends on families. Some have easier with the boys, some have easier with the girls. Whichever one you can understand, you can be grounded with, that's the one that goes easier. Like, for example, if there was vomit or stuff that you want cleaned up just because she feels you don't understand, you're allowed to clean it up. I'm not telling you to do it. What I'm saying is you need to focus on the relationship and that you have a right to, that you're also part of the relationship. Relationships are not about her being understood. Relationships are about both of you being understood. And that's but right now she won't come back if I don't, you know, she feels I don't understand her, you know. Then that's and not called a relationship. Then that is but this is not a marriage. It's my child. I wanted to always have a relationship, be with me, you know, part of my yes, life. Yes, but know? then again, so, all right, so I need to go now, Mertesham. Please call next week, and we're, when we'll pick up the phone, just say you're the person from last week, you're Mr. S, and we'll okay. put you in right away, Mertesham, because there's a lot that we need to discuss. So many people will benefit from getting this concept of, how we want to have a relationship, but relationship doesn't mean giving in. If we give in all the time, that's not a relationship. That is a one-way I know that, but I still, you know, with divorce, it's very, with that's divorce, right. when so you're divorced, you it's very hard, concept, you know? You might need to get over it that you are not a parent of a divorced couple. You might need to get over that. This is my daughter, and I will have a healthy father-daughter relationship, and just because she might have some issues like her mother... But I am healthy, and I have a healthy relationship with my present wife, and I have healthy issues, uh, a healthy relationship with stuff, and my health will actually teach her. And if she won't speak to me for six months, 
then that might be part of the healthy relationship for her to learn. But when we will speak, we will have a healthy relationship. That might even be part of the refuah to her illness, where mm-hmm. she's able to control, and she might be using pain as an addiction, as a way to getting, a, getting away with stuff, and everyone's feeding into it because she is a victim. We all have different reasons to be victims. So it could be a victim because her parents are divorced. Others are victims because their parents were fighting the whole time. Others were victims because their parents didn't have money. Others are victims because their parents did have money that they never felt they had parents. We can be in a victim status. I don't know the situation. We're not getting details, and we want to keep it confidential. But right, not, give, not always giving in to the kids, can it be the healthy or the right thing to do? Now, yeah, I, need to I am pretty I need much. To be I spoiled my kids as a father as well. So, Hatzlocha, and please call up um, next week, Mr. and we will take your question right away. And I want to thank Rav Nissen for reminding me that I'm way over time, so this okay. way I can be the father I need to do. Hatzlocha, <laughs> everyone, Rav Nissen, thank you for this amazing program. Thank you. And thank everyone for calling in and being brave. Have a wonderful evening.